Hi, I'm Margie Haber. I've been an acting coach for 30 years, helping actors find their personal power and learn to create. Let's face it, all of us need to let go of control, get rid of the straitjacket we call our comfort zone, and remove the walls that prevent us from being vulnerable. It's all about hope. So let's begin this journey together and give ourselves permission to fuck your comfort zone. You are so beautiful. <laughs> I want to welcome Kimberly Huey. I got it right, right? Kimberly Huey to my podcast. How are you today? I am great. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, you're so adorable. In New York. Are you New York or Canada right now? I am in balmy New York City. Yes. Ooh, it's like exciting. the Philippines right now. <laughs> really? Well, we can talk about that later, seeing you were born someplace. It was pretty hot. Um, so, you know, I, I wanted to, to uh, do a podcast with you because I love you so much. You're such a, you have such an incredible energy in class um, of, yeah, of joy. And the, the joy of learning. So I want to introduce you to the podcast people and kind of give a little background about you as an actor, but that's only a piece of it for me. Okay. So just to everyone know that you've been around, girlfriend, 1993, you had a series called ENG. Then you went to Liberty Street and another series, Beautiful People, and then G-Spot. But uh, late, later on in life, in 2020, you were in the series Self-Made Inspired by the Life of C.J. Walker with a very talented woman named actress, a talented actress named Octavia Spencer and my student, Tiffany Haddish, which I wouldn't talk about that, obviously. And then afterwards was another series called The Parker Andersons. And recently this year, you did the Oprah Winfrey series of the Kings of Napa and your grace Dixon, you've been very busy, haven't you? I have been busy, and a lot of that is since I met you. Oh, I like I to hear I that. I met you in twenty-one. I like hearing that. I like hearing that. So, I mean, um, you know, there's a lot to talk about with your career, but the thing I wanted to talk about is that you know that the the title of my new book is "Fuck Your Comfort Zone." Fuck and your the, comfort zone. Fuck it. And the title of this podcast is the same. And so it's like everyone that's listening, they may not be actors. They could be just people who are doctors and nurses and, and uh, writers and producers and, and housewives, right? But all of us, all of us uh, struggle with the risk to be seen and find our personal power and um, try really to become the lead in our own lives that are not to do with acting. So I want to start out with you and, and your challenges because you were born in Jamaica, which was hot there. And maybe, <laughs> and maybe give us a little bit of what your um, challenges were in getting yourself out of your small box. Yeah. Well, uh, so yes, I was born in Kingston, Jamaica and we immigrated. I was a kid, five years old, you know, and all of a sudden in this brand new country that completely different, different landscape, seasons, snow, leaves wow. falling off the trees. <laughs> All of a sudden, um, I'm also being told to be different yeah. and to, to fit in. Yeah. And, and that creates a really small box. You're right. It's, yeah. 
you know, don't don't speak with the patois, speak proper English, um, just yeah, fit into this new society. And there's a, also a lot of the very British colonial culture from mm -hmm. Jamaica and and Canada, where you know children are to be seen and not heard. That was a tough one because I I wanted to talk, I wanted to ask questions, I wanted to know stuff. Yeah. But I had to figure out other ways to get information. And this was pre-internet, you know? This is, how do you do that? Yeah. I read a lot. I read a lot of books. Yeah, and, and, and you know, quite honestly, I'm a nice Jewish girl from Long Island, New York, and I was always told children should be seen and not heard. So it seems to be, unfortunately, many times that parents put that on their children from their own cultures. I, I know a student of mine in my book under the chapter, Does Your Armor Serve You?, Brooke Williams talks about her experience in the culture, the cultural mask of polite distance and says that she's from New Zealand and was taught to take small space, not big space, and that acting actually was a good escape for her and an opportunity for people to listen to her. Is that also what made you become an actress? A hundred percent. It was the one area where I was allowed to be big and loud. Right. If I was retelling a story or if I was reenacting something that we saw in a movie and I could do the voices and, you know, put on these characters that was allowed. But my voice, I had to make it small, make it, you know, don't be too loud. People are watching. The neighbors know when you're home. The neighbors always know when you're home. <laughs> 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 and, and, and it puts on your self-esteem, doesn't it? That you're, that it's something bad, that you should be ashamed of it. Yeah. yeah so so hard to get rid of shame. So hard. So crippling. It's, well, it's part of that. It becomes part of the comfort zone, you know, to, to stay away from the shame. So you, it, it restricts you. Right. So it's also breaking through the shame and breaking through the comfort zone, very, very similar. I, I think that shame for all of us keeps us in that comfort zone because when we go out of that shame and we go out in, of the comfort zone, then we're risking to be told that we're not doing the right thing. Yeah, nobody wants to be told you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong, you don't fit. So many people suffer from that. I mean, I, I know I, I was gay. I didn't even know I, I was, uh, when I was young, I knew that something was wrong with me. That's what I thought wrong with me, you know? And that secret kept me feeling like I was unworthy. Uh, and then being told I was too much. And so you and I have that kind of similar, you're too much. So then what happened in your life? Well, so then that's who I became, I became this small person, this mm. small voice. I can't tell you how many times when I did start acting, like, could you, could you, could you speak up a little bit? Could you project a bit more? I had no voice. Yeah, it was, I mean, the, the, the pendulum swung the other way. 360. And that's what was interesting to me uh, when you told me this, uh, you gave me this information that you found your voice when you told people your name is not Kim. Yeah. Tell me about that. Tell me about yeah. that. I was thinking about it because, you know, it's still an ongoing thing. 
you know, I walk into rooms, I walk on a set, and I have to correct somebody eventually. Please don't call me Kim. It's, I have many Kims in my life. I have cousins, I have friends. They're who they are, I'm who I am. My mother named me Kimberly. But all of a sudden, one day, you know, they don't even take attendance using my full name. They just shortened it right. to Kim. And everybody called me Kim and I went along with it. And it wasn't until I, I got scouted as to model in high school. And um, they were like, well, we can't put the whole name. What do you want to be, you know, what do you want to be called? And I was like, just Kimberly. And, yeah. and I was like, yeah, that's my name, Kimberly. And then it was asking my family, everybody, I really want to be called by my name. That's my name. So it sounds like it was a metaphor for you, though. It was a symbol of your freedom to ask what you believe you have the right to ask for. And it, it kind of, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's not, I mean, if it didn't mean that much to you, it wouldn't be okay to say Kim and Kimberly or Margie or Marge. People call me Marge and I may not like it, but I don't have that deep of a connection to what you have, which I think the name symbolized for you, I believe, a freedom to say no and to say yes. Yes, yes. And claim my identity. You know, that was also around when I started to, other students that I became friends with that were of Jamaican descent. And at school, we would, we would speak Patois together, Wagwan, and, and I was able to start reclaiming that voice. Wow. That so you, yeah, to be told you cannot use a voice that you grew up with. So what, what is, when you speak that language, say something to me in that language. Wagwan, Margie, everything good? Everything crisp? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's very happy. It sounds very happy. Oh my gosh. It's so joyous. It's so joyful. It's literally, there is sunshine in the language when we speak. Oh, I could, I, I could see it. I can hear it. There is this joyfulness when you do it. It's, uh, it's almost in a way that uh, in my own past, because we all have our stuff. I mean, I, my, I had a grandmother who spoke Yiddish and I... I'm the only one in my family who actually knows a lot of Yiddish. I don't know a lot of Yiddish, but I know a lot of Yiddish expressions. Like I know, which means go shit in the ocean. <laughs> Very important phrases. Uh, you know, Shana uh, Medela. Oh, the nice one, Shana Medela. You're such a pretty girl. That's and a beautiful one. Shana Medela. But it gives, when I, when I hear Shana Medela, I have an image of my grandmother who loved me saying Shana Medela. So it feels like it's not just the, it's what it stands for, uh, your language. For sure, for sure. It's my roots. It's where it's, I get to claim it. No one can take that away, you know? And exactly. it's, I think I also grew up with this feeling of, are we gonna be able to stay here forever? Are we gonna maybe, get in trouble and have to wow. be sent back. You know, these are mm. like the immigrant stories that yeah. swirl around in the atmosphere around you. There's absolutely no reason to believe that. You know, my parents Still. were just hardworking middle class, but there's other fear. fears. Yeah. Fear, it come, you know, sometimes fear is irrational. 
Uh, but it doesn't mean it doesn't you don't experience that. It doesn't mean and you're young, and and that that gave you, I guess, a a, a feeling of am I safe? Uh, mm. That probably affected your life as you went through. For sure. That, so what then had happened to you as you went through? Yeah, the smallness. How did you get out of? I mean, I, obviously, we always struggle with it. I mean, I I know one of the things for myself is that I do tend to be too big i've been told that too much and i've had to learn how to not be scattered and to do the thing i taught you in class which i talk about in the book which is called stop stop take a breath observe is this a good time for me to talk are they i'm interrupting someone and then proceed the most difficult thing for me Unlike you who became, who, who got stuck in your small box, I haven't been able to figure out how to get out of the expansion without those kind of tools. I think I, the key part of the stop is the observe, the listen. That I stop and I listen to what someone is telling me, what I'm being presented with or observe what I'm being, and then I can respond. Yeah. And I allow myself to respond, but first I have to take it in. Yeah. You know? And maybe some of that still is that, is it safe for me to respond? Yeah. Is it safe for me to, you know, how big can my response be? Yeah. It's very yeah. challenging to get rid of habits that have been built into your life, you know? And then people don't realize that. They think it's, oh, we'll just get rid of something, but it's, it's constantly what I talk about, which in the book I talk about these little small victories and how you take, it takes time. You, you're like a flag going, you are a flag going up a pole. And I don't you love, love that. that? Yeah, you're a flag going up the pole and you, 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 you get up a little bit and then you fall back a little bit. Then you get up a little bit more until you finally reach the top. There's no way of getting up there straight. There's just no way. But nobody has done anything in a straight line. It's just, it's always we're always backtracking a little bit. Oh, I learned this, you know, one step, two steps forward, one step back. Whatever the the equation is, but there's always like a little pause where I don't know. You, I find that I have to take in the lesson, take in what I just learned, and then move forward. Yeah, and uh, you also um, were able to get out of to find your way of of fucking your comfort zone. What were those things you did in your life that, that managed you managed to remove yourself from that smallness? Literally remove myself. I literally had to uh -huh. move cities. I left Toronto and I went, I went to Paris first. And that gave me a, you know, I was anonymous there. I could be anybody. I could. Bonjour. Um, and I learned another language and it just, it gave me another voice. It gave me another voice. It gave me another hat to wear. Um, and it just, it helped to break me out of the little box so that when I came back, it also, but it also let me do, because when I first told my family, my mother, that I wanted to be an actor, it was like, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, um, that's not what we immigrated for and started a whole new life. No, 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 no. We need security here. And 
I was I, I, I understood where she was coming from. And, and I, you know, I told the line. But then when I came back from Paris, I was like, now I can do what I want to do. I'm an adult uh -huh. now, you know, and I, and so I quit modeling. I was tired of it. And I auditioned for Circle in the Square and I went down in New York or came down in New York. Yeah. And because of course I had to do everything from scratch. I couldn't just start where I was. Um, but it was a great experience. And, and again, leaving, like doing it outside of Toronto, separating myself yeah. allowed me to be outside of my box because nobody knew what the box was here. And, and taking the risks uh, and with, by going to France, what a wonderful choc croissants is all I can think about. But, you know, <laughs> going, to, going to, to Paris and seeing and finding uh, a new you or a part of you, a piece of you that you could then bring forward because we're made of so many pieces, right, Kimberly? We're not, there's not one piece of us. I mean, yeah, we have the fearful person. We have the person who, wait, what, what I love in, in my book, I'm, I'm sure you appreciate this, are those five voices. Right, the five ego states. Which is the voice that you have the most difficulty with when it comes to those voices? Oh my gosh, the critical parent. <laughs> Come on. She's so loud. She's she is relentless. Even the work that I have done in recognizing her and being able to say, okay, thank you for you know, bringing that to my attention, but uh, we're gonna play for a little bit here and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm safe, I'm fine, thank you. Even having done that, it's crazy the way it's, that voice still pops yeah. up in the most random everyday moments. So you use the adult voice just now to thank your critical parent? Mm, yeah. I think that's what happened just now. Perhaps you also need to use your nurturing parent to thank, to, to say, I understand, darling. I know it's hard. And, you know, literally changing the voice and being warm because it's not easy for that critical parent inside of you. you know what I mean, I mean, you have to feel empathy for that, for that voice. You can't just get rid of it and say, how dare you? It's never going away. It's always going to be there. That's the people think, oh, this voice is going to go away. I'm going to get rid of it. No, it's going to be there. It's how you handle it. Right. The nurturing parent. You're so right. I, um, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to have a conversation with her more right. because yeah. I don't, yeah. I think that's yeah. maybe the most quiet of my yeah. voice. It is for most people. Yeah. It is for most people. We're not taught that we see, we find that people think it's indulging, you know, Oh, and they feel weird talking in a different voice, you know, to the, but you do, you have to go, hi, darling. I love you. You're my baby and I'm here to take care of you. I just adore you, darling. It's a very sweet, kind, loving voice. And the habit is to make it more of an adult. But your, your critical parent, your fearful child need to be loved. That's the yeah. way you do it. We do that in class. Yeah, we do, we do. It's so funny because, you know, our culture, we have all of this talk about self-care and, you know, making time for yourself, but the act of doing it yeah. is, it's another level. I mean, yeah. it's 
just the difference that you just demonstrated with that voice. Like I felt a softening in my body, just hearing that kind, soft voice. Yeah, because our body responds to kindness and then it reacts to harshness. So, you know, when you, when I'm kind to me, I'm, you know, when I'm in class with you and all my students, I'm very kind to all of you and you're all very kind to each other. But then the kindness to ourselves is something we have to develop because our habit is to not do that. Yep. Like how many, how many thoughts start with, what were you thinking, Kimberly? Yes. It's a judgment. It's a negative judgment. Very, very hard. Very hard to get that, rid of that. So moving forward in your career, uh, you, you mentioned that you were, you went to New York and what was your, what was your first TV show? Or uh, do you remember the audition? Do you remember anything about it? Well, <laughs> the New York story is I had actually done um, an episode of Top Cops, which was this you know, they reenact true stories. Um, and it was a big show, the 90s. And I did this as a young woman. Um, I think I was playing, I can't remember, a teenager, not a teenager, but a, you know, a young wife, that's what it was. But in New York, I found myself at a play because as a student, I was able to go to plays it for a discount. And I was at a play at Circle and Square and I had my standing room ticket only. And the, the, the usher said, okay, now you can you know, sit these, wherever you see an empty seat. And I sat down and the, the, the gentleman started talking to me. Uh, the woman behind me had also been standing and she was like, isn't it interesting to finally meet the people who, you know, have these empty seats and, you know, who, who are these people that just can have Broadway empty seats? And he turned out to be the DP for A Bronx Tale. Wow. And he says to me, he starts talking. He's like, so what are you doing here? I'm a student at the Circle and Square Theater School. Oh my goodness, have you ever done anything? And I said, actually, I have. I did a role on Top Cops. And he's like, so you have a little experience? I said, yes, I do. Well, you know, we're still looking for the young woman. Why don't you come down? I'm going to get give you some information and you can call and set up an information because I know that they have this citywide wow. search going on. So I go down. My knees are knocking. I'm in the elevator. The door <laughs> opens and standing in front of me is Robert De Niro. <gasps> what? <laughs> my, my, my throat just seized up. I could barely say my name. Because he just puts his hand out and he says, and you are? I said, Kimberly Healy. I don't even know how I crept it out. But it was the worst audition maybe of my entire life. Because I, I couldn't even speak. I couldn't get past the Robert De Niro of it all. This is this major film. Right. I didn't even know half of what I was doing. I was still in school. Anyways, it was a great experience because I can look back on that and I can laugh Yeah, about being starstruck. I have a little story to tell. I since have been in an elevator with Robert De Niro since then. And I told him the story. 
<laughs> and, and what he, did he say? He, he was very kind. He's like, well, I'm glad things are working out for you better now. <laughs> well, you know, you know, yeah. The big, the big thing we all have to do is forgive ourselves, you know? It's forgiveness, constantly forgiving. I mean, we will always fall back to what we have learned. And that is the, I am not enough. Um, if I'm, if I was enough, I could handle this, but no, it's, it's a challenging thing when you're that young to meet somebody in elevator that is uh, an icon like that. So, you know, so who would expect that? So you're moving forward in, in your uh, wonderful career. I, I'd love to talk about, uh, because I do know that self-made inspired by the life of CJ Walker in 2020, I mean, there are two is Octavia Spencer. I just love her. And she did you work it. at all with Tiffany? Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. Tiffany was playing her daughter. So almost all of my interactions with Octavia that had Tiffany in the scene as well. In um, the what? In the what? In the What did I just say? I'm so <laughs> sorry, podcast listeners. If you know anything, you know that the correct word is slice. And I have just a lapse. Oh, that's um, so funny. <laughs> just backslid there for a second anyway uh it was fantastic we had such a great time um such pros all around octavia is i mean she's like literally in every scene slice uh, she's in every frame of the of the of the series um i learned so much i learned so much more about being in the life yeah you know that it's just not oh the words that I have to say and the beats and the you the the business these things that we get taught in school that take away from living the life of this person you know that she's carrying in her all all of this education that she had when women didn't have education at that time. My character um, was Madam uh, Mrs. Margaret Washington. I mean, she was she was educated. She was an educator, uh, but she was still a wife, and in a society where the man had all of the power. And this is the life that she was living. And that is the whole of her, not just her saying, I can't help you because a woman's place is <laughs> to be seen, not heard. <laughs> yeah, well, these, these characters are always so helpful to us to understand ourselves. And also just even having the opportunity to observe someone who is such a great actress like uh, Octavia. Because um, I know your friend and my darling student and friend, Melanie Nichols King, Yes. Did uh, worked with um, with Brian Cranston uh, when she was in Your Honor, and she it, it, it didn't make a difference what she said. As you didn't say, watching him create a life and be so full that's that's very much what you get when you have those opportunities. Did you audition for that? Oh yeah. Oh. Can you tell us about the audition? Um, absolutely. I and I and I think that it started then because. Uh, I remember for the piece of it's like, oh, there's a certain way that I had to hold myself um, as I was speaking because there's a formality from that time, uh, that era. And, and I remember 
that uh, the clothing that I wore, like I needed, I, I wore a long, the longest skirt I could find in my closet so I could feel that covered upness that, you know, the propriety um, and the hair. I mean, it's a hair story. And I tried to make my hair as controlled and, you know, pulled back as possible. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, and all of that informed how I said what was written. I, I do say to people all the time, which is so important, all my students, you know, what you wear and it, it affects you. Like I'm talking to you, I'm wearing a little t-shirt, I'm very casual. You know, how do I feel when I'm with that? What is it like when I'm getting dressed up and I have to go out and I go dining is very different. And when you live a life of a person, though you do inside out, the outside really affects who you are and what you're doing. So it's very important that for the audition, you put something around you and wear something uh, experiencing your hair that will feed you, not show them. I'm not interested in anyone seeing how you look. That's always to me been the problem with actors. They wanna book the job. They wanna impress them. They wanna show them what they can do. But the truth of it is, it's really not about that. It's about feeding myself. So yeah. tell me tell me about that audition then you went in. So I went in and I, I, was, I was feeding myself. That's exactly it. I was feeding myself as this woman from this other time that had a certain amount of power um, and, and status that was very mm, out of the norm for black women of that time. So all of this stuff was feeding me. I did my research and it was so much more than what are my lines? What do, what do I have to say? What do, and, and for me, that was the number one thing. I wanted to go in and live as this, bring her to life as opposed to, I'm going to repeat your scene, your slice. But in this case, you know, that's what it would have been. It would have been, I'm using air quotes, repeating the scene, word perfect, so that you can see that I'm a very professional actor as opposed to, let me show you how, to, how I would bring Mrs. Margaret Washington to life. And I really think that it was that attention to her life and carrying her as a human that hooked me the job. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and it's those exciting things that, that, that you got excited about the audition. You didn't get excited about, oh, or fearful about getting it. And so let's get to this year. 2022, you're in a series called Kings of Napa, Living the Life of Grace Dixon and Oprah Winfrey. Come along, you know, she gives, she's an amazing, well, who is Oprah? What can I say? I know. I, Tell us about I, that. None of us have met her yet. <laughs> um, but, uh, but she did, she did give shout outs on her, on her social media to the, to the show. Um, it was also so much fun to live this life of this, she was quirky and um, somebody who was definitely uh, outside of her, you know, she didn't, she had fucked her comfort zone. Grace was living her life. The first time we meet her, she rides in on a bicycle it was my literally my favorite thing that I got to do. 
I didn't have brakes on the bicycle. It was an old school, you know, you had to backpedal the brake. Uh, so I missed my mark a few times, um, but <laughs> just rode right through the shot. Um, but reset and came back because I was cycling. That's okay. In life, we don't always hit a mark. Um, and I, oh, I just want to I, I just want to say that. Let me interrupt you. I love that line. In life, we don't always hit the mark, and that's because in because we're accepting and embracing our imperfections. And then we get on set or we get there when we have to do everything right. And that was a big lesson for everybody to learn with that line. Thank you. Yeah, I, and I did, I, I didn't get all upset about, oh my God, I, I totally ruined that shot because I rode right through it. I didn't stop. We have to reset, na, 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 na. So what? It happens. I just rode back around, did it again and played. Um, I had a lot of fun playing, a lot of fun playing. There was so much to play with because it was a very visual world. There was a lot of art around, costumes were out of this world. The costume designer was just pulled out all the stops. Um, and uh, yeah, every, everything you put on, the hair, the makeup, everything was just, every detail visually rich and what, what an amazing opportunity um i love when when they they're starting to uh, do all my can you hear all that noise no well, i'm no. glad okay i wonder my podcast people can hear it but on we go they're doing the grass i i just wanted to maybe end this um wonderful opportunity to be to talk to you and learn from you uh, a couple of things first of all what is it in class that you find has been magical for you? Because I know there has been stuff. I, I want to know what that is. The magic is I get to just get out of my way and play. And the thing that I get in class is the thing that I want to bring with me everywhere, which is to have that critical parent know that, you know, I see you, I hear you but you don't need to run anything. You know, yeah. you, you've played your part. Um, and uh, the adult and the nurturing parent can, can guide me from here, you know? So I get to just let go. My favorite thing, the Frozens, where yes. I get to live in a space of, I don't have to have any answers. I don't need to know what happens next. I can just be. You and for me, it. that is what I want to do as an actor. I just want to be. Yeah, you can live in the unknown and, and acceptance. And I was going to ask you if you had any advice for actors, but that kind of summed up that advice to, you know, to live in the known, unknown and just be. But I'd like to end it with uh, maybe just a few quick, small uh, things that you of gratitude, what you are grateful for. It can be the smallest thing because... I want everyone to see the positive of it. What, what are you grateful for in life? Every morning that I wake up, I give gratitude that mm. I am drawing a breath and that my joints and my limbs and everything is moving when I tell it to move and that I am blessed to pursue a passion that I, 
you know, uh, not to get political, but when you feel sometimes that you don't have, yeah. your freedoms are being attacked. Yeah. I do have the freedom to choose to pursue my art. And I know that not everybody feels that they can. And I want to hopefully inspire you to try if that is your passion, you know, because you don't know how long you have. Go for it. Go, Go for, for it, it while you can. And I want to say this has been quite a go for it. Uh, fabulous podcast with you, conversation with you. You are a, a light and I am always love when you're in class. And I love that when you're working, you still sneak into class and that we get a chance to be with you. And I want to thank you for, for sharing your truths with us uh, and that we can all learn from you to fuck our comfort zone. Thank you, Margie. Thank you for holding the space. And thank you for being a part of the space. I love you. I hope today's podcast inspires you to stay open, let go of control, be present, and above all, be kind to yourself. If you'd like to explore more of my philosophy in the studio, go to MargieHaber.com. And if you want to purchase a copy of my book, Fuck Your Comfort Zone is available on Amazon. Stay tuned for our next episode.